Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for 24 episode 16 of season 5, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. And just like this episode, we're here to surprise you because we completely undersold this episode last week because I, Ben Waterworth, forgot that this was the episode with the twist in it. Honestly, I thought we were about two or three more episodes away from this. I completely shat the bed and forgot that this was the episode with the twist in it. But maybe there's a reason why I forgot about it, because I've got plenty to say about this episode. Uh, this episode first aired on the 3rd of April, 2006. And just quickly, if you're a history buff, just want to let you know that on this day, April uh, 3rd uh, in 1996, suspected Unabomber. Theodore Kaczynski was captured at his Montana cabin in the United States. So I just want to mention that. And happy birthday to Eddie Murphy on uh, April the 3rd. So Eddie Murphy was watching this on his birthday going, hey, I'm Eddie Murphy and I like 24. Uh, It was written by Manny Cotto and Sam Montgomery, directed by John Kazar. And, oh, we've got some things to talk about this episode. My name is Ben and I promise you I'm going to get your daughter. And my name is Colin, and mommy's going to be there real soon. You keep being brave. <laughs> um, now, look, two things about this episode. When you watch this for the first time, it's a holy shit balls. Wow. Blown away. The twist to end all twists. The president is evil, right? I remember watching this. I think I rewound the scene about eight times to, like, kind of get, like, an idea of holy fuck, did they actually just do that? Like, oh my God. But I think this episode sums up what I've said a lot about this season. This is a season that holds up so much better on a first watch. When you know the twist and you know what's coming, it kind of, to me, feels a bit underwhelming and a bit out of fucking nowhere, particularly given that we didn't have Logan at all last week. He's literally in one scene this week before the big reveal. So I think Mm. that it is a... First time viewer, holy fuck, and you're on a ride for the rest of the season. But from this point on, and I'm not taking away from the twist because I love the twist. It's one of the best twists in plotline history in 24. It's more of a, in hindsight, and I'm, I'm so intrigued to see how you're going to take the next few weeks. You take it differently, knowing where it's going, and it just it doesn't stick the landing when you know what to expect, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. I... I didn't realize this was the same one. I, I started. I I was starting to piece together while watching this. Oh, I think that the the Logan reveal is coming up pretty soon because you. This is the first episode where you could see. Oh, I know where you're going with this now, as opposed to hey, when are they going to get to the Logan stuff? 
as much as I will be applauding this episode for how they were able to surprise you with that twist, I where I completely agree with you is that everything about this episode is knowing where that twist was going. I'm like, this is kind of actually kind of annoying to watch, you know, uh, where it doesn't work on repeat. And that's not to say that the rest of stuff, because I've watched season five multiple times and everything's going to come. The episode that comes after this, I only watched the first couple of minutes of them. Like, oh, it's this one. It's this one. Uh, that one. Brilliant. But interesting because um, I've rented next week. I'm looking at my reviews. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, again, I haven't watched yet. the whole thing, but it's one yeah. of the ones I remember the, the fondest. Uh, but I think a lot of that had to do with n- the twist that comes at the end of this episode. But if you know where this is going, this entire episode just feels like you're just toying with the audience and it, it feels kind of cheesy on a repeat viewing. But yet the first time around, like this is how you do it. And mm. this is how you do it. Uh, this but, is uh, how you do it. Oh, good song. <laughs> Bring that back. Who sang that? Uh, Montel Jordan. Oh, of course he did. That was that was his song. His one song. I, I only know that there's a new commercial that's just come out with Montel Jordan doing that song where he's like changing the lyrics and he's in a recording studio. Wow. Um, Colin, but, in back uh, to yeah, back recording tonight, do, yeah. we've mentioned both Montel Jordan and Rob Thomas. They will uh, be very <laughs> and happy. And Aqua. Well, they get. Uh, sorry, Aqua's more prominent than both Montel Jordan and Rob Thomas in 2023. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but yeah, like the twist at the end of this episode, like you can just see what they're going for. And 24 has never really done this. This is the thing that, that kind of came to me when I was watching this episode. The only time we've ever really had massive twists like this have either been twists that they're going to blow off a week later, like the whole Audrey thing two weeks ago, or twists where it's just the end of the season, like, you know, David Palmer getting poisoned or the Nina twist. This is the only time they've ever done. We're doing a twist mid-season that is going to play out over multiple weeks. So it was kind of like new ground for them. Mm, And the way that they handled it here, like totally applaud them. But yeah, it doesn't really work on a repeat viewing. This is... This might be my worst episode of the season, and I don't even know if this was your your really bad one. No, no. We haven't even talked about whether this is the one yet. uh, No, no, it's not. Um, And... I think like we reflected in my review at the end. I mean, I've got one more bin for this season and two rents. Um, and spoiler alert already, this is a buy, but I'll give a solid reason for why this is a buy. It's a low buy, but because um, everything else of this episode too, I will say it's a bit random. You know, Evelyn, mm-hmm. she's got a daughter, kidnapped. Okay, cool. Um, and this is another episode where, I'm banging my head against the wall of going, why can't you just tell Karen the truth? Why do we need yeah. to keep going behind their back? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it, there's no logic behind it. And then, yeah, I, I there, there's issues. And also, like, can we just, can we right now praise Vice President Hal Gardner? He's such a <laughs> nice guy. But, like, you're yeah. meant to be spending this whole episode going, oh, he's evil. But, like, seriously, when you know he's not, you're like, Look at him. He's so concerned about Wayne and like he just, he wants what's best for the night. Like I want this guy as my friend. He's just a nice <laughs> uncle. This is, this is who Joe Biden used to be when he was vice president. Everyone's favorite uncle. Right. Then he becomes president and he's like, Oh, Joe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like there's just, there's things around this episode, but we'll get to it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. But- I, yeah. Just quickly touching on the random, cause that's the exact same feeling I had. Like everything is just sort of coming out of nowhere in this episode. And yet you can tell that they had been putting the pieces together prior to this. It's not like this episode's like, oh, we reached the end of last week. No, no, complete change of plans. But 
in an effort to, this is the new ground 24 was having, we've never had to keep a twist secret before. Uh, it resulted in a lot of this, oh, this is going to be info dump on the audience, all the stuff that's apparently happened off screen and just feels random uh, was because they wanted to keep this secret. And this isn't something that other TV shows were doing either, really, you know, in 2005, 2006, wherever we're at here. So I don't think they quite knew how to do a twist like this without completely giving They They didn't want to have anybody suspect this. And that's why you have a lot of these weird things with Gardner and Evelyn and they just sort of come up out of nowhere. Uh, so again, I understand the reason why this episode is the way it is, yep. but it only really works that first time around. And then that's exactly what I was about to say. You're right. Like it, it, it got to, you've got to do it this way, but it's, you know, TV writers don't make shows based on the fact that, well, this is going to hold up in 17 years when some random podcast is going to be talking about it. It's all about that shock value and wanting to watch it for the first time. You know, it's the famous House of Cards, Kate Mara death scene. If you know it's coming, it's not as shocking as it was the first time you saw it, but it still, you know, holds something. But you're right. I think this is, again, we're getting so many episodes this season where you do it in chronological order. I don't think there's anything really to separate because all the stories are kind of the story, are they not? So there's nothing really here to separate. And to, like... I think this is definitely, we always talk about the sort of the different arcs of each season of 24, generally the three sort of arcs, right? This is definitely one where the writers have gone, ah, fuck the nerve gas, let's get on to something else. <laughs> like, because within five minutes, it's like, oh my God, is Jack dead? There he is, Bjorko, Bjorko, take him to the hospital. All right, Bill, I'm scared. Like, and that, like, that to me feels random because again, like, we understand there's a thread of a conspiracy but to me, it's kind of been forgotten about and not really overemphasized enough of Jack Bauer to be admitting he's scared. Like, I don't know how you feel about it. Like, again, I feel I very I contradict myself every week to my opinions on Jack Bauer and this and that. And but like, this is one of those moments where like, was it three weeks ago? Jack's like, oh, I'm not okay, and then two minutes later, he's like, fine. And now all of a sudden, he's saying I'm scared. But like. I've seen Jack deal with worse things and not be scared. And to me, this is a tiny little plot thread of, ooh, government conspiracy. And now he's scared. Like, I just, it doesn't fit the Jack Bauer character, me, character to me. I don't know if you have anything to add on that or... You've muted, Boomer. I I have a lot to add. <laughs> I have nothing to declare. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to be very careful with my words here. Uh, for one because I don't want to say something that I don't actually mean and take it the wrong way. And for another, because Ben might kill me if I say this the wrong way. But uh, You leave Madonna out of this? It, it, <laughs> <laughs> she nearly died. I did you did, not see the I, media this week about poor Madonna? She was this close to death. I, I, I'm I pretty sure Noah had shared this with our, our 007 group before, uh, that, that meme that's going around. It's like, who would have thought in 2023 that Roseanne Barr would be hotter than Madonna? <laughs> Showing oh. side by side pictures of them, uh, and it's actually pretty accurate. But anyways, uh, now that's not where I was going with that. Don't worry, Madonna's safe this week. Uh, this is like this. Well, this is the season where Kiefer got all the acclaim, and to me, this feels like a the season where the Jack Bauer character is the most autopilot. And it almost feels like the season where Kiefer is the most confused with what he's supposed to be doing. And I don't know if, if he, maybe he wasn't involved in the overall planning of the show at this point. Like I, he doesn't have a producer credit yet by season five. I don't think, I think, I think so. that came. No. Yeah. I think it came later, but uh, 
the way that they write Jack Bauer is we keep getting these moments where you're like, oh, there's a purpose to Jack this season. And then they dump it right away, like the Kim thing, like the 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 Connie Britton stuff earlier on with, with Audrey, uh, even with Audrey last week. And I when I watched that moment where Jack said, I'm scared, I'm like, oh, that's really good. I, why didn't they do anything with this this season? Because it gets dropped within five minutes. And this sort of became like the common thing in season five. Whereas I look back at the prior seasons and I think season two, they they yeah, sort of handled it well with the whole Jack breakdown thing. But that still kind of got dropped at times. But I feel like it was still more consistent this season. You look at the other season, season one, Jack goes places from one episode 100%. to the next. Yep. Season three is yeah. the biggest season for what he has to do as a character. Season four, even uh, not quite at the same level, but yeah, right up there, all the stuff with Paul and Audrey. I mean, there's a purpose to that character. We still don't have a purpose to Jack's character in this season. And they keep dangling these carrots. This is where we're going with it. And we already know, having watched this, that none of this amounts to anything. And that's the frustrating thing because that moment of Bill, I'm scared should be big and it should be Jack is now going forward really having some doubt and stuff and is a one-line thing. And I just, I want more of this. And all the credit to Kiefer Sutherland, I'll never take away from him. The fact that he has poor material for his character to work with in season five and delivers the performances he does week after week after week, 100% agree with him getting the Emmy. But if I would pick a season for Kiefer Sutherland to walk away with the Emmy, I don't think it would ever be season five. Great, great. Yeah, no, it's a great summary. And I agree with you completely because I think that this guy was dead. 16 hours ago. We've forgotten about that, haven't we? He's, he's fine now. He's fine and dandy. And I think that it's just, it, it is those elements. And, and again, I'm not, I don't ever want to shit down on season five because you can never take away from what season five did for this show before they fucked it over in five episodes after this season ended. <laughs> but it's, I think this is, we keep saying, and as we're going to really establish in the final eight episodes after this episode, is that it's, it is a once-off, like a, a in-the-moment viewing. Whereas at the end of this season, where my ultimate decision comes from ranking this season compared to season one, is that season one holds up still with all those elements that hook you on 24, you know, more than 20 years later. Whereas I would argue if you showed season five to someone, like, there's no development to Jack. And I think with season mm. one, there's so much development to Jack and other characters. So, yeah, even like the effect that the death of David Palmer, gone. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, yeah, anyway. But my point is this I'm scared line is just a bit odd and a bit hokey, but should be a bigger deal. Completely agree with you. Um, so Jack's a bit dirty, by the way. He's got a bit of dirt on his face. And, you know, he's, he, I mean, he just survived a freaking... Again, he just literally survived a gas station falling on in a car. He's like, fuck, all right, <laughs> on to the next thing. Um, and this is another thing to just just bookmark this mental moment that Bioko is going to be in CTU, basically. He's going to be forgotten about for about a couple hours. And then, oh, lo and behold, later on, oh, a Centox nerve canister might still exist. Um, and a big issue I have, I mean, so this is where you've got how Gardner on the phone kind of going off at Karen and, oh, no, he's evil because clearly he's trying to, you know, do something here. And you got old Weasley Miles here going like, oh, we need to take over CTU. And Karen's like, oh, but they they just helped us out. I'm sorry, I'm with Miles here. Like, again, as we've established, 50-odd people were killed like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. A government agency should be stepping in. And, again, it just it's one of these, like, pointless storylines where this is all just going to be the 
us against their mentality. There is no reason for this. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just creating pointless drama for the fact of it being drama. There is no reason why Jack should be getting uh, Audrey to go against Bill and poor old Bill sulking back home. And uh, it's, just, it's frustrating. I, I think all I'm going to say with CTU is basically Homeland Takeover. They want to get rid of all the staff. They need one person to come on board so that Bill can get fired. Audrey essentially signs a piece of paper to allow Chloe to work with her so they can still help Jack. Basically have to sacrifice Bill so they can still help Jack. Because again, for reasons that we don't know to create drama for TV audiences, Jack needs to be working against the powers that be for no apparent reason. Um, that's all I'm going to say on the CTU stuff. I think that's all that covers. Chloe gets a bit stroppy at Audrey for a point. I also just want to point out, Less than an hour ago, Audrey was being tortured. And now yeah. she's back at a desk, happy to help the government. Um, so, I mean, let's I've, just forget about that, shall we? Move on. Are, are, are you wanting to cover the stuff that happens with Audrey? Uh, or I'll, just I'll allude to it throughout this. Because, yeah. I mean, what what, I, what really is there? It's, I don't really think there's, there's a whole lot to talk about really around everything that they just have a couple of calls with Jack really, unless I'm completely missing something here. I mean, the, the CTU drama, again, this is something where I'm really applauding how season three handled that inner office tension uh, more so than this one, because this one, this is where you should be having reason for the employees to really be getting up in arms. I mean, we've got a little bit with Lynn earlier in the season. But I feel like they handled better with Lynn when it was just the threat of we're all going to be fired. And here you technically have people getting fired and then getting brought back. And they're just sort of like, all right, well, it happened. I mean, maybe they're just tired at the end of the day. Here. <laughs> it's, <laughs> been a long day it's getting close to midnight. Yeah. They're like 16 hours into their workday at least. Uh, but uh, I don't disagree with miles. The way they present him though, is it's still like, we need this guy to be the villain, but nothing he's doing is actually wrong. And I kind of like, even aside from whether there's logic to, yeah, we need to have Homeland Security come in here because if nothing else, these people deserve to go home. Yeah. <laughs> Who, their colleagues just died. Yeah, and, and as we said, they've been working 16 hours. They've just pulled a double shift at least. <laughs> you need really, I mean, people are going to start making bad calls when they're dealing with the drama of, the brains of your your coworkers on the keyboard next to you, and uh, vomit from Edgar's uh, poisoning <laughs> is all over the floor, and you're Shit slipping on every time you go to the. Hey, every time you go to the bathroom, you're slipping on Edgar's innards. <laughs> and then you add to that the fact that if this were a regular day, sixteen hours is a long time. We get, let's get some fresh fresh hands in here. Um, it, it makes sense, but even aside from that, I like just the idea of. We have to have these other agencies working together. Yeah. Department of Defense, Homeland Security. And this is something that I wish they'd gone further with in future seasons. I mean, we do get, you know, collaboration. We get more of the FBI, but that's sort of a different thing. That's where we're going to be in the FBI as opposed to CTU. Yeah, CTU doesn't exist but, at that point. So Yeah. But but I like that, hey, we've got all these because we complained so much in prior seasons. Where are all the other agencies right now? We complained earlier in this season. Why is CT the only one doing anything? Now we're getting that. And it does have a cool setup that just they don't quite go anywhere with. But uh, Miles is not wrong in any of his calls here. Uh, Karen is a bad boss because every decision is coming from somebody. And it doesn't take a lot to sell her. Even last week where, uh, or first when they were torturing Audrey, just the decision to torture her in the first place, she's like, 
okay, if you think it's best, that's best, sure. Uh, and then you get Jack coming in and is like, do you really want to have somebody else torture this woman? I mean, her dad's going to be very upset. Uh, you raise a good point. Okay, go ahead. And here's the same thing. Uh, you know, we really should let all the CTU people go and bring in our own people. Well, if you think so, Miles, <laughs> she's not a good boss in this season. Uh, she will grow into a good boss in future seasons. Uh, I, I think that we've done so much with Bill getting removed from command or anybody getting removed command in this season. But I like that they at least they they bring it back to, hey, that whole thing with Lynn, because we talked about that. It's like, why are there no questions about can we at least explore what happened between you and Lynn? Because maybe there was a reason why you were removed from power. Uh, that's nice. And, and Audrey, the, the drama of this episode is all centered around Audrey. And that's the thing that I like best in this episode was will she, won't she uh, side with them? And the way that it brings about these scenes with Bill, because we've had some great scenes between Bill and Audrey. I mean, Bill and Audrey are kind of the same character this season. They're the two who were not in on the loop or the, in the loop on the whole Jack fake death thing. They're both affected by it. They, they've kind of been side by side this whole season. And I do love the moment we get where uh, Bill kind of said, Audrey, Audrey, like, why are you doing this to me? Like you've you've basically ruined our chance to get. Hey, I invited you over for a roast. <laughs> it was supposed to be tomorrow. I'm going to cancel it now. But I mean that stuff is good. So I think as much as th there's not uh, a lot going on at CTU, what they do have going on, I think, is some of the strongest stuff in this episode. And Kim Raver does not have as much to work with in season five as she has in season four. But I'm going to say her performance is much better in season five than we got in season four. And season four was great. I agree. I love me some Kim. You know that. Um, I just, I, I just want everybody listening to this right now to just imagine tomorrow going to work, three hours into your shift, fifty of your colleagues <laughs> die, just murdered, absolutely dead, and an hour later you're at your desk. Fuck God, I haven't got home soon. <laughs> what you want to take over the accounting department? No, I really want to stay here and work. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Evelyn's going home. I'm telling the you crisis now. crisis is over. <laughs> controversial opinion, Colin. Those uh, those workers in, in the World Trade Center on 9-11, weak. Get back to work. Do your work. Come on. I'm watching 24 right now. You, People die in your building. Get back to work. Lazy. All right, so I, I didn't think the world. there would be a more controversial take than what Ben and I recorded in our prior episode. <laughs> <laughs> you just stopped it. <laughs> well... Um, <laughs> Sometimes you go for shock value. Other times you're trying to put logic behind your argument. You can uh, balance between the two there. Um, Don't talk about the Nazis. <laughs> you brought it up. I didn't should do that hand gesture when I say that. <laughs> God, we don't do video episodes. Um, yeah, I've got nothing else to add on the. Or, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you, like I kind of like the drama. What they're kind of going to go with it, but meh. Oh, meh. you you know what, you know what, just. To uh, I forgot to mention this, but how quickly Homeland Security's people show up. Yeah, uh, with a cameo too. Pretty important cameo, we should mention. But, but we basically end one scene with, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right, Miles. And the very next scene, everybody's there at 10.30 at night, ready to go in their business suits. It took Karen like an hour and a half to drive here. Yeah. So where were these people? Were they waiting down the street? Did Miles basically, guys, just go get some coffee across the street and I'll tell you when it's time to come in. Because this is like the quickest plan. And it's not like they come in and say, all right, so this is the word reason. They came in, they've got, already got like a four page. All right, so this is our itinerary. Walk in the door, fire Chloe O'Brien. 
get some more coffee from the cafeteria, fire the coffee lady at the cafeteria. <laughs> How do they put this together all on paper in about five minutes? I have no clue. Uh, when this guy, so uh, the, the guy who comes in is Jim Hill. Uh, this is NASCAR driver Carl Edwards. <laughs> won 38 races in NASCAR, finished uh, runner-up a couple of times in the, in the main series of NASCAR. Uh, was the rookie of the year in 2005 for NASCAR and apparently was a big 24 fan and wanted to be on the show. So uh, oh. I actually don't follow NASCAR. I have actually honestly have no clue who this guy <laughs> is, but I just find it interesting that you've got big guy NASCAR drivers like, hey, I'm a 24 fan. Come on in. Carl. And to be honest <laughs> with you, when he's like, hi, Jim Hill, Homeland Security, not the worst actor I've ever seen. Not the guy last week. Don't do it, Steve. Bang. Like <laughs> Carl Edwards to do yeah. every single role. He's a pretty good actor for a NASCAR driver. Actually, yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize this was a, a cameo until you mentioned that. Um, yeah, I, I thought I would have assumed this guy was just another actor they hired and not not necessarily a bad one. No, John McCain the other week handing a file to Audrey, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> it's a season. He's of, way better than Lou Diamond Phillips' daughter dying in the, the mall. <laughs> exactly. The season of cameos. Um, so basically, Wayne Palmer's been smuggled back to the presidential retreat. Now, refresh my memory. Did Wayne Palmer get knocked out last week? Why is he conscious in the back of this car? I don't remember him getting knocked out. Well, that is not I think he's attention. hiding in the back of but the he's car. Like, when he opens, when Aaron opens the roof, uh, the roof, opens the boot, basically Wayne's like, Ugh, and then I was like, it's all right, Wayne, we're here. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, did you pass out? And you have a bottle of whiskey or something in the back of the car? <laughs> Um, Henderson, now, when Henderson calls up this lackey who basically let Wayne get away, is he showed up to the plant? Like, has he showed up and gone, oh, fuck, CTU are still here, hide in the back? Because he looks like he's in, like, the, the <laughs> gas plant that just blew up. Um, and again, this is where I feel it's a bit random because, and I get it, like, you've, as you've gone over, like, with Peter Weller, he was only contracted for a few episodes, so clearly they've brought him back and haven't planned this out. But it just seems a bit random that all of a sudden he's like, hmm, kill Wayne Palmer and all later on, hmm, I've got Evelyn's daughter. And again, it just goes into this conspiracy that I feel they're overselling, that we as an audience are kind of taken aback by the shock and awe of it, that when you actually analyze it, you're like, well, what have we really had explained about this? Like a couple of people early on helped get some Centox nerve gas into the country, but then that doesn't make sense because they were doing this to start a war. So then all of a sudden when the terrorists went against them, we had to stop the terrorists so therefore negating this plot of conspiracy, which doesn't really make sense. But now that the Centox is kind of being captured, let's go revisit these conspiracy guys who actually are still evil, even though their actually only evil plan was thwarted. So like we get it. They killed Palmer. They got gas. What else are they doing? Like it, it's so basically the plot of this point is, well, we can't let the evidence get out that who, the president's evil. Who's trying to leak this information? Evelyn, is she actively wanting to leak this? Like, mm-hmm. this is literally, I'm talking this out right now. This has not occurred to me. Like, what makes sense from Henderson to be like, hmm, Evelyn and Palmer were exchanging emails. Palmer tried to call Martha early in the day, 12 hours ago, and we've solved that issue. But it's <laughs> been 12 hours later. Hmm, I think Evelyn sent a happy birthday e-card to President Palmer. Kidnap her daughter. Like, it's not really explained. Uh, (laughs) I just thought of that. (laughs) With, I even said earlier in the season, I, I, at this point, I'm still kind of standing by the fact, like, you could see that they at least were leaving the option open. Like, they had in the back of their head, we might want to make Logan the villain this season. 
I mean, it, it, they were, it was already confirmed in uh, other episodes that, um, you know, they had toyed with the idea that this would be the Jack Bauer father and, and uh, brother season. And they obviously didn't do that, but they were playing around with where we're going to go with this season. I firmly believe that the Logan stuff, they at least said, let's just make sure we leave that as an option. This Evelyn stuff, this is 100%. Oh, so how are we going to tie this all together? Evelyn's daughter was kidnapped. Like, spur of the moment, you just yeah. thought of this. Well after the whole thing about the phone calls and the transcripts were uh, resolved. And the biggest problem this presents is how dumb it makes Evelyn look for the rest of the, the prior parts of the season. Because they do kind of explain it off here and say, well, this only happened within the last hour. They called me and said that my daughter was kidnapped. But yet you were sitting on this information this entire season. And there's no scenes earlier on between her where Charles is in the room yeah. where she's like, mm. where has she been? And like, what yeah. killed himself, which did he really like? I mean, like, were you just going like, hmm, that guy who was secretly working with Logan killed himself. Mm -hmm. That's fine. My daughter's at home safe in the sound. Like, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> 10 hours of my shift to go do, 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 do. Like, I mean, like. Anyway, but we're not taking with that. Anyway, so Wayne shows up and he's all like, hey, Aaron, I'm here. And Evelyn's been sending my brother's email. So basically, um, Wayne gets a bit violent to poor Evelyn. Tell me what you know. And she's all like, oh, they've kidnapped my daughter. I won't tell you anything, you bastards. And they're like, girl, call Jack Bauer. So he's like, hey, Jack Wayne Palmer here. Hey, buddy, old pal, how you doing? Brother's still dead. Yeah, that's awkward. All right, what can I do you for? <laughs> um, yeah, hey, so... Um, Evelyn, you know, Martha's secretary or assistant, uh, she knows shit. I'll be there in 20 minutes. Um, I mean, like, Jack Bauer might be having the longest day of his life for the fifth day in a row, but fuck, he's the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet. As soon as he's got no leads, boom. Like, imagine right now if, if like, I don't want to imagine it, but, like, like you lost your job tomorrow, right? Sad. you got a, you got a family to support? Like, I don't want you to lose your job. But if you're like, oh, no. My job's done. I've got no money. Might have to leave the wife and the kids. And oh, ring, ring, what's this? Oh, hello, random company. Yes, this is Colin Hilding. Oh, I would love a new job. Thank you so much. Bye. Like, that doesn't happen. Trust me, I've been unemployed for most of my life. Um, so, but um, Jack's so lucky. But I want to backtrack a little bit just with Evelyn before we sort of get this Wayne confrontation scene. Why is Evelyn, the assistant to the first lady, writing drafts of scripts for condolences to victims of a terrorist attack. Now, I don't want to disparage the role of the first lady's assistant. And by all means, Jill Biden's assistant, if you're listening, hello, thanks for listening to the Oz Network. Is it your job to write condolence letters to fallen victims of terrorist attacks? I don't think so. I think as an assistant to the first lady, you're making sure her diary is like accurately <laughs> thing for the next day. You've got a water on a table and she's got a speech to do. Like... An assistant, she's not like, make her something else. Like a, she, I don't know, speechwriter, like a, a PA. Like, I don't know, I, I know an assistant is a PA, but I mean, like, if you say assistant to the first lady, that to me is not a speechwriter. I wonder what her role was earlier in the season, because I don't know whether they ever identified her as the assistant to Martha. I always sort of looked like she was a handmaid. I think I even referred to her as a handmaid Padme. earlier in the season. Yeah, Padme, because... All she really does is get her clothes ready and yeah. stuff like that. And like she she's acting less as a personal assistant and more as like entitled you are an assistant. So this is another area where I feel like they they 
maybe had already done away with this and like, oh, we need to bring that assistant back, but let's actually make her an assistant now so it makes sense how she's in the know on the stuff going on in the White House. This is the biggest problem with this episode is that it's not how the Logan twist comes out of nowhere. It's how they try to explain the Logan twist that they obviously didn't plan for. And it's like, we got to bring back Evelyn, daughter kidnapped. She's an assistant. She writes speeches. I kind of think that the issue they maybe have is because you haven't really shown many other staffers in the administration, right? You've had a couple of mm-hmm. random secret service agents. You've got Martha, you've got Aaron, that other random guy who was there the other week. You've already killed off Walt. You're not going to make Mike evil. So like, well, not evil, but like involved. So who's your only other option? Evelyn. You know, so it's yeah. kind of like you don't really have much of a choice. And I don't want to take... Otherwise, you got to create a new character and then it means nothing to the audience. Yeah, yeah. it kind of... It, it, well, that is a season one when you had the whole, like, what, assistant of Palmer who was sleeping with a Drazen and... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you've got. Um, So, like, in a weird way, I kind of applaud them for what they do. Like, the, the one thing I will say about this, like, yeah, there are a lot of plot holes. Yeah, we can question what she's been doing. But the one smart thing which I think they actually do, similar to what they did... Um, last season with Hella's son, which I'm sure wasn't planned. They were able to tie in the stuff early with Richard into the latest stuff when kind of like you found mm-hmm. out that he was sleeping with Mandy and Mandy's boyfriend. I think what they do cleverly here is they tie Evelyn into that Palmer stuff early. So when you've got Palmer looking like, hmm, today, you know, I've got a lot on my mind and he gets shot, like it, it actually makes sense, even though I'm sure they didn't plan for it. But anyway... um. I, I, I do love kind of this moment here where, again, how such a nice vice president bumps into Wayne. <laughs> Condolences. I loved your brother. He was the greatest man. But, of course, we're all believing he's evil to the point where we even get this, like, evil glare from Gardner as he walks off. He's just racist. That's all I'm just saying. So, <laughs> like, hmm, yes. Um, but then I love the scene. I uh, see so we got, uh, sorry, Evelyn and Wayne are in the car having a chat. And all, all Wayne does this episode before becoming a murderer, the future president of the United States, by the way, everyone, um, is just ask Evelyn. You're going to tell me who uh, what the evidence is? No, not until I get my daughter. Okay. You're going to tell me what the evidence is? Not until I get my daughter. Okay. You're going to tell uh, me now what the evidence is? Now, why is she not being tortured? You yeah. torture Audrey, but not Evelyn? Amazing point. Great. You've hit the nail on the head. Like, exactly. Because she's innocent. Well, Audrey was innocent. <laughs> Jack, get your rocks off. Also, why is he only 20 minutes away from the presidential compound? Didn't he? How did he get there last time? Yeah, he was, he was, it took him a lot longer. And I think he was even waiting there a while. Did he get a helicopter last time? <laughs> Maybe. He flew. He flew himself. <laughs> the little girl talks to the man. The little girl's annoying. Let's talk about her. Of course. Henderson's <laughs> all like, hey, I'm evil. I've got your daughter, girl. Um, and she's like, oh, don't kill my baby. It's like, oh, yeah, just shoot her. That's what I would do. Um, the where oh they meet in a barn because that's where they were. I, I love Wayne when he's like, and Jack's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet you somewhere. Where can we meet? Oh, Wayne's like, I saw a barn when I was like, if they're out in like the fucking farms of California with the orange groves or whatever fucking this <laughs> one barn, Jack's lucky day again. Um, or is it just the barn of LA? Like, hey, you know, the barn. Is, oh, you is know. this the same barn that Martha was hiding in earlier in the season? <laughs> so they were stables, Colin. They were the oh, okay. <laughs> They'll come back later on. Don't worry. Um, so Jack shows up and is like, hey, Wayne, how you doing, old buddy? This is Evelyn. So I've, I've interrogated Evelyn. Yeah, what did you ask her? I asked her if she's going to give me the evidence. What did she say? Not until she gets her daughter. 
Okay, let me try. Hey, well, Evelyn. you tried nothing and you're all out of ideas. <laughs> hey, hey, Evelyn. Jack Bauer, how you doing? Good, Mr. Bauer. How are you? Doing well. Was dead earlier. Alive now. Pretty good day, if you ask me. So, I hear you've got some evidence. I do. You're going to tell me where it is? Not until I get my daughter. <laughs> okay. You're going to tell me about that evidence? Not until <laughs> I get my daughter. Fine. Wayne, we have to get her daughter first. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's basically the plot line of these two, which I mean, I kind of like this little speech where way uh, Jack's all like, "All right, I'm Jack Bauer. I'm a man. We're gonna, I'm gonna go along with Evelyn. They're gonna do the meetup, and then I'm gonna shoot everyone because I'm a man." And Wayne Palmer's like, "Well, I'm a man too. I'm gonna join you." And Jack's like, "Yeah, but you're not a real man. <laughs> let's let's do it as men. You're not a real man. You know why? Because you're a marine. It's like you didn't kill anyone. I love like Jack." Jack Bauer, where Wayne Palmer's like, Jack, I was a Marine. He's like, yeah, but you didn't serve. <laughs> First of all, I love how Jack knows Wayne Palmer's CV. And secondly, <laughs> dick move, Jack. Um, you know, you'd never, I don't know, freaking been dead before, but you did all right at that. Um, and then uh, I love how like Wayne gives this impassioned speech of, my brother was shot in front of me, Jack. He was shot in the neck. And Jack's like, well, if he was Tony, he would have survived. Like, shut up, Jack. I'm coming to help out. So Jack's, again, Jack is like, he's the Marty McFly of agents. You say, Marty McFly, what are you, chicken? No one ever calls me chicken. You say to Jack Bauer, what would you do if you were my shoes? You're right. I'm a loose cannon. Come on with me, Mr. President. Our future Gets Mr. Me President. every time. <laughs> Which, again, we'll get to Wayne Palmer killing someone. Um... Well, uh, before I, I'll, I'll talk about this uh, President Logan scene, maybe just in isolation. Do you, do you have anything else to add on anything I've added there? I don't know. You kind of jumped in with a few things. I don't know if there's anything glaring that you wanted to talk uh, about. Or, I mean, the way that they connect this to the larger plot, uh, again, very clever how you are toying with the audience uh, where, uh, I mean, Jack's first talking about, you know, the, 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 the reason that I believe that there is a bigger conspiracy in the Henderson you know, is scared of somebody who's really powerful is because I tried to kill his wife and he didn't talk. This is the first time Jack brings this up. This is yeah. also where it's like, uh, you're you're at least, you're bringing it back around. We, we remember that earlier scene, but you obviously came up with the idea this week in the writer's room uh, because none of this has been a thought process. And this is something where I feel like if they had planned it out, we could have had this you know played up over several weeks. But at the same time, then you start to, give the audience too much time to think about it. the reason they don't bring up this conspiracy until this episode because they don't want the audience having time to go online and give all their theories and be like well it's definitely logan uh but every single time they cut to gardner like it's always very strategically placed like somebody saying yes we need to know who's behind all this who's the person that everyone's afraid of and then they'll cut to gardner hmm <laughs> looking all sinister uh i i really wonder like how quickly they get inside because there's the scene where they, I guess, arrive at the compound. Wayne and, and Aaron are outside talking. And I'm like, all right, so we're going to have to talk to Evelyn. And then you cut to Evelyn, and she basically is handing off the speech to Martha. Well, I'm in, I'm done. I'm, I'm going home for the night. Okay, say hi to your daughter. Yes, my daughter. And then <laughs> Wayne and Aaron kidnapped. are... He is definitely still at home with the babysitter, who I 100% trust. That's something else. Like, why? Who, who, who is watching this kid? Why is there no concern for them? They're uh. either dead or kidnapped as well. Exactly. So how about can you at least go find the body? Can you Jenny find out the what? babysitter? Poor Jenny. 
Yeah, there's a 14 year old kid out there who's already was Evelyn was supposed to be home at six o'clock and now it's like 1045 and she's on overtime and maybe I should call her parents. Like there's somebody out there dead. <laughs> this is even addressed. And also, um, you are the first lady's personal assistant. Why is your security so sloppy that your daughter's getting kidnapped? I'm sure Jill Biden's yeah. personal assistant's probably got a, at least one secret service agent maybe loosely following her activities. Well, it would have to be because these people are stationed in Washington, D.C. They're in California right now. So this Liberals. girl this girl was kidnapped an hour ago. They didn't fly her from Washington, D.C. here, which means the daughter came with her, yeah. which means you've got somebody here watching her. It's, it, it shouldn't bother this me as much as it actually sucks. does. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bin everything that came Such before this. Shit. Episode one, bin. Episode two, bin. Episode three, we're really binning you. Give back your Emmy season five of 24. Your shit. And you know what? Just in protest, I'm going to go back and I'm buying every episode in season two. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> that Cougar storyline was fucking genius. <laughs> Some bullshit right here. <laughs> uh, anyways, back to what I was getting at. Uh, Evelyn is just like 30 seconds later, completely assaulted by Wayne <laughs> and Aaron. <laughs> Where was this in the Hi, Barbie Evelyn. movie? Fucking sexist <laughs> bullshit right here. But like they're very much like getting aggressive with her. Or they're like, well, Evelyn, tell me what's going on, huh? Huh? And then they're actually like physically threatening her too. It's just weird. Uh, but uh the way that she's just like, they kidnapped my daughter. Like, I wish that we had even had some type of reaction in the prior scene. And I don't want to blame the actress. I can't remember her name, the uh the the uh, what's a thief lady, Jenny. Um but I don't want to blame her too much, but like at the same time, you're already questioning, okay, so this all happened within the last hour and you just had a scene where she's like, hello, Martha, I've got your speech here. Like, let's show something where she, even she's like, are you all right, Evelyn? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, I'll be fine. I just gotta go, I really gotta go. Like she should be rushing out of here. Like just give us something and it's just, it, the prior scene plays too calm. Um, her kid is kidnapped by the way. <laughs> Sandrine Which is Holt. such a lady. That's her name. Sandrine. Okay. Um, again, not a bad actress, no, but just the, the the scene that came before this is just it feels out of place. Um, yeah, her daughter being kidnapped like that is the season five equivalent of somebody got amnesia. Well, what are we gonna do? I don't know. Kids being kidnapped. Um, something that nobody in the audience actually cares about. Uh, I I just feel like you you could have made this somebody else, or you could have made it a different threat. It's yeah. just. You combine, we're randomly bringing back Evelyn and her daughter has been kidnapped. That is just, it feels so lazy to actually get you to where you need to go. Um, uh, the, the scene though, between Wayne and Gardner, like amazing. Uh, <laughs> because Gardner, you're, you're reading it as somebody who's seen it before, completely different from the way you're reading it the first time around. And yet I can still see it the way I saw it the yeah. first time around, you know? Yeah. Really? You came here, but there should be at least something. We know Gardner's not the bad guy, but uh, do you know what the scene is? It's very much like the Django Fett Obi-Wan scene from Attack of the Clones. Your clothes are very impressive. You must Always be very proud. Always a pleasure proud. to meet a Jedi. Always a pleasure to meet a Jedi. That's what this scene is. Good point. Uh, they stole it from George Lucas. He's got a lawsuit on his hands now. Uh, but uh, Ben just saw something really funny on the England is game shitting behind. all over China, by the way. 6-1. Holy moly. That's why they're going to be second, uh, based on my predictions. I've um, got money on England. Uh, I, I got them in my sweep at work. So as much as I don't want them to win, if they do win, at least I win some money. 
we're, we're gonna we're gonna update people at the end of this whether Ben is a rich man. Uh, <laughs> how much money do you have on them? <laughs> oh, I put five dollars in. If they make the quarterfinals, I get my oh. money back. Uh, and then if they like get the semis, I don't know. I think if they win the tournament, I get like a hundred bucks. Like, wow. But fuck, three hundred dollars. I'm not gonna say no. If I said to you right now, Colin, five, have a hundred dollars. No. Five dollars is riding on this. <laughs> I don't give a shit either way, to be honest. It's the only way you'll ever get me to cheer for England. So it's England. I love the dance that they're doing in the back of the Yeah. God. And China are a good Anyways, team. So... It's not like they're playing freaking like, I don't know, Canada all too soon. Um <laughs> Well, well played. Not the right yeah, one. Well, that was Roger. <laughs> Sorry, Roger. Roger Moore. <laughs> Genuine feelings. <laughs> Roger Moore had some thoughts on Canada losing in the Women's World Cup. Uh, <laughs> a woman. <laughs> when, he, when he's watching the Women's World Cup, a woman. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, that scene with Gardner, like uh, it, it, it plays both ways still, which is great. Uh, but uh even Gardner, the good guy, should be questioning when he says, no, I got a plane to catch. He should be like, like, everything's grounded right now and we're under curfew. Like, uh, can, do you at least have credentials? That, 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 that fucking line from Martha, got your accreditation with me? The curfew's still in place. Yeah. It was put in place like an hour and a half ago, Martha. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's a quick bloody curfew if it's over with. But it's also a problem when they're driving out because we already saw that Wayne was pulled over because he was a black man driving a car. <laughs> There's a reason why Wayne was pulled. It's America calling. But he's, he's still in the car here driving now with, uh, you know, a not black woman. He's got a free pass. To him. Like, wait a minute. Oh, there's a white person in the car. Move along. But like, we also know either Gardner or somebody else has already put a hit out on Wayne and that there are people watching for yeah, him. So like, why go? is he not? He should be hiding in the back right now, talking to Evelyn, not like sitting in the front seat driving. Um, uh, I already forgot how far we went with this. Jack comes into it, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> that's about uh, it. That that's that's it. This is where this is the sign. I think this is one where she talks to her daughter. Have you talked about that yet? Yeah, I mentioned it in passing. I don't give a shit about this little girl. Yeah, just, yeah the girl talks to her, and, and she's been kidnapped. Um, there we go. Um, in the neck. <laughs> She's been kidnapped in the neck. Uh, although I, I will say the, the whole thing with Jack uh, talking to Wayne about, um, you know, oh, you never saw combat or whatever. Uh, <laughs> like this, I, I was thinking to myself, like Jack's a total hypocrite in the scene because we had the exact same scene played out with Tony a few weeks prior. They killed my wife. I want to be there. And that was before he realized that Tony was on a murderous rage. And he's like, no, Tony, I know what you can do. Uh, and now here with Wayne, he's like, well, you twisted my arm. You talked me into it. He's telling me, come on, Wayne. <laughs> uh, I want to see you pull that trigger like a man. <laughs> but like, he's just way too relaxed about Wayne doing this when he was completely against Tony doing it. And then I, I'm reading in the trivia here that this was the plot line that was originally written for Tony. This is how Tony was going to be written out was that he was going to be the one doing it with Jack here. Oh, I'm and then, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because th then we got this rush thing with Tony being killed off earlier, which I guess it makes more sense. You know, you got to spread out your twist throughout the season. We already said it was a lot to have that Tony twist. You know, in the same episode with everything else that was going on, it would have also been a lot to have Tony's death here. But maybe Tony wasn't supposed to die here. Maybe he was just Aww, supposed to be there. I much appreciate the that. That would have been. Yeah, no, I mean, like, look, no, like, I like having TV Woodside sort of involved in the plot. Don't get me I wrong. I like it in season five, but I mean, you've brought it up several times in this episode. 
this doesn't on a repeat viewing, knowing this guy's going to go on to become the president. You're sort of like, so the president of the United States is killing people in cold but, blood. I mean, that's Jack Powell. My, you know, yeah, you can come along with me. I don't know for my presidents who haven't murdered people. Um, (laughs) But I mean, I don't know what I dislike more in this season. The fact that the future president of the United States kills someone or that the first lady will kill someone. Um, So, I mean, murder's fine. I'm going to say future president. This first lady, it makes sense. Yeah, well, true. Touche, touche. Now, the one... This is, again, why on a repeat viewing, this is a bit of not the same because we literally... We have not seen Logan in more than an episode and a half. We didn't get him at all last week. And we are 33 minutes into this episode before we even get to see him. So this is where, again, in hindsight, I'm sure the writers would do this differently. And you're right. Like, they they are doing this so that, like, they don't give it away. But, like, it's just he comes out of nowhere. We get this one scene between him and Gardner basically going, like, Hey, old buddy, old pal. How you doing? Good. So Wayne Palmer was here. Was he? Why? (laughs) Because he had to give a service medal or something. Okay, fair enough. They were very close. Yes, they were. Anyway, back to work. Okay, bye. Like, that's basically all it is. Although, like, I love it kind of like when you see kind of like Logan's reaction at first and then he passes it off. Like, if you don't know about the twist, again, it's understandable. But if you know about the twist, this is sort of that first inkling with him. You're like, oh, something's a bit sinister here. The, the, my favorite thing about this whole sequence is when freaking Logan is like, oh, another phone call. World leaders and prominent Americans have been calling me all night. Now, I've got to ask the question, what prominent Americans call the... Like, is Brad Pitt sitting around his Malibu mansion? Oh, look at that. The president just stopped another terrorist act. Get me the phone, Angelina. They were together still in Uh 2006. Hello, president. Oh, Brad Pitt. You're wishing me, like, prominent Americans. Like, just stick with the world leaders. It it was NASCAR great Carl Edwards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) That wasn't right. That was funny. You're on fire today. But, like, I just love that line because, like, you know, like, I I don't know, the the Prime Minister of Swaziland's calling up, like, Mr. President, good job. Oh, the President of Lesotho. There you go. Oh, freaking Johnny Depp. Hello, Johnny Depp. (laughs) Hang on a minute. Sorry, Mr. Prime Minister of England. I've got Johnny Depp on the line. Don't mind me. <laughs> Hello, Johnny Depp. Thanks for congratulating me. Like, also, like, I get this is kind of a thing, like, like global politicians will call each other, but, like, it's much more of a Twitter thing now, isn't it? Like, people will tweet out. But, like, is this the arrogance of America that after stopping a terrorist attack, they're expecting phone calls? And is this, like, a... Well, a, a, they did stop, like, five terrorist attacks today. <laughs> right, okay, fair point. But, like... I'm not going to name countries because I'll probably get called racist, but there are other countries in the world where worse shit happens than America. If there's a Yemen, if there's a genocide in Yemen, you know, 17 mold gets shot. There's apparently like a freaking um, a coup going on right now in Nigeria, in Africa, which no one's talking about, right? Fucking Jack Bauer goes to Nigeria and like freaking stops it, stops 17 terrorist attacks, whatever. Fucking Joe Biden calling up the president of Nigeria. I'm going to look up who the president of Nigeria is because I really want to know who this person is. And like, kind of like, hey, President Joe. Well, no. Arrogance of America to be like, call me. I stopped something. Mohammed Bazoum is the president of Nigeria. Mohammed Bazoum, I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about your politics. I don't know if you're a good guy or a bad guy. If there's a coup going on, I'm guessing some people disagree with you. But, like, why on earth, like, 
I don't know what I'm saying. The point is arrogant America. I love you, America. You're arrogant. In reality, when that phone call comes in, it's where we got the president in Nigeria online. He's like, it's pronounced Nigeria. <laughs> Nigeria doesn't exist. Joe Biden's going like, like Nigeria. I thought it was Nigeria. So they're different countries. No, they're not. <laughs> Next, you tell me there's two Koreas. We got the, the president of Senegal on the line. You mean Sengala? <laughs> <laughs> Turkmenistan's on the line. You mean Uzbekistan? No, Kazakhstan. How many stands are there? God damn it. One of the stands is on the line. Oh, stand number two to stand number three. Two. Um, <laughs> go. Uh, it's, yeah, it, it is very much. I mean, I could also imagine, though, because of the conference with the Russians that was going on, that it would be bigger news around the world. And maybe they're picking this up in Niger. <laughs> they're picking up the news. But, Flavor uh, of the month. We've never it, mentioned Niger on this show ever. Yeah. <laughs> we More were doing a thousand episodes. <laughs> we'll tick off your country bingo at home. Get a scratch map. Every country we've ever mentioned on the Oz Network and you win a prize. You know, we have analytics. Can we actually see if we have any listeners there? I mean, to be fair, do they even have the internet in Nigeria? I don't know much about the country. Like, I mean... Oh, now you've offended all our listeners well, in if Nigeria. if they don't have the internet, then they're not listening, so they're not going to get offended. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's a good I'm going to look up and see if we have any listeners there. Uh, it's, I, I really hope we do all of a sudden, actually. I kind of, I'm a, I'm a big geography man. I can download locations right now of all time of our listeners from around the world. And I'm really sincerely hoping we have a listener from Nigeria. Because if we do, I want to get you on the show. Maybe the president listens. Like, I don't know. Um, we do not. Nigeria. Oh. Uh, so well, how got, big are we in Nigeria? Uh, only ever had 12 listeners in the history of... Uh, I don't know if that's like this week or like in history. But um, our, our, our countries begin with them. We have Nepal, Netherlands, New Zealand, Nigeria, Norway. No Nigeria. That's our new goal, Colin, to uh, crack the Nigeria market. Can we just get like some exclusive advertisement there? Like, what, what, what's like the the big TV show we could buy a thirty second spot on? Nigeria's got talent. Um, Nigeria, Nigeria, uh, Idol. Uh, here we go. If I go, I can go to the uh, Apple Podcast All Podcast Nigeria charts. So the number one podcast in Nigeria right now is uh, Abdul Rahman Asudas, Muslim Muslim Central. The top five. Podcasts are all from a channel called Muslim Central. So, do you know much about Muslims being in the middle? I, I don't know. No, I just, I just, I tried. This is, this is just showing how terrible this world is. I tried to look up what the biggest TV shows were in Niger, and Google corrected me that it's Nigeria. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. Well, just going on some of their other episodes at number twenty-two on the all podcast chart of Nigeria. From the adult film star network, Sick Addictions with Jocelyn Stone. Ooh, they're a bit naughty, uh, Nigeria. They're into uh, their... their where, uh, does Nigeria have an ice hockey team? Um. <laughs> <laughs> In the, the junior Goodwill Games, they did. <laughs> There's a Nigerian men's national fielder. It's not Nigeria, Nigeria. All right? Look at this. Terrible Google. I know. They're different countries. God damn it. Anyway. Thoughts to all the people listening to Nigeria when they hear this in like 2029 or something like that. Nigeria has never won a gold medal in the Olympics, but they did win a silver oh, in Rio. What'd they win in? Uh, looking it up, they won a silver in Taekwondo. Oh, good for Nigeria. Well done. 
You taekwondo and those people. That was their first medal since 1972 in Munich when they won a bronze in boxing. Oh, you're saying they've actually won? I thought they would have never won any. Good for them. Um, can I get a fun fact about Niger? Uh, I, don't, I, I literally know nothing about the country. If I Google it, you get a picture of a dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> one of the hottest, hottest countries in the world. Uh, a 30-foot herbivorous dinosaur. lived. They, they love their dinosaurs, apparently, in Niger. So Jurassic Park, Dominion, Niger. Good for them. Better uh, than what we actually got. Have we talked way too much about the country of Niger? <laughs> <laughs> Did you honestly think when we, we got to get a listener when you when we started this podcast that like I'm literally going to write the the synopsis of this episode is going to be welcome you know this is a massive episode the twist is here as we recap episode blah 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 I'm literally going to write Nigeria 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 <laughs> I'm going to write it fifty times and then I'm going to end it with and what about that twist question mark listen now. <laughs> That is the synopsis of this episode. If you are reading... I, I, I might avoid it only because if people are only glancing at it, oh, they may that's think true. that it's... Oh, something else. Shit. Uh, I avoided I a lawsuit. Oh, that's a solid point. <laughs> Good job, Colin. You saved me. You said... Because <laughs> <laughs> then Mac Dawson would have been right. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm okay. Well, I'm going to write African country where we need more listeners. African country. I'm going to write that like 30 times. Oh, fuck. Actually, I'm sure Max Dawson will still find an issue with it. <laughs> I think I told the story before about how I discovered what the N word was accidentally as a child. When I discovered what the country of Niger was, I, there was a book in my primary school library and it was like about the country of Niger. So my friend and I saw it. And we thought it was pronounced an inappropriate way. And we were like, I don't know, eight at the time. So we thought it was a funny word. So we kept calling each other that word, not knowing anything about it. And then one night at the kitchen table, I was eating dinner with my mum, my dad and my sister. My sister was being annoying. I called her the N word. I learned a history lesson that day. I had no dinner. I went to bed and I was locked in my room for about a month. And that's how Ben became a racist. Uh, <laughs> seriously, that is a true story. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so, uh, yeah, African, I'm just going to write African country. Uh, I don't even know. I'll word it something. It's funny. Ha, moving on. Um, so, yep, uh, prominent people in America. That would have made the best of it. That segment went on for way too long. It wasn't that funny. Um, <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, things are going to be the best of. I'm not editing all that out. <laughs> Um, or maybe I just did. Yeah, fuck it, I did already. Why not? The best of's already long enough this year already. Um, essentially, there's a drop, the kid's there, there's a shootout, Wayne kills someone in a barn because fucking the future president of the United States is killing people. Um, we get the daughter back, Henderson gets away, and then we get this scene where, again, it's alluded to that Gardner's evil, and then Jack's like, oh, damn it, Evelyn, he's roughing her up too. You got your daughter back. Tell me who's evil. Is it President, Vice President Gardner? And everyone's like, it's not the Vice President. And you're like, what? And then we cut back to Henderson. He's like, hmm, hello, faceless man on the other side of the phone. Yes, I haven't gotten the... Because he, he doesn't get the evidence, does he? Or does he get the evidence? No. Is that well, even... She just tells... She tells him, but she tells him... Does she tell him off air? I'm trying to I'm trying to piece together how this happened. Yeah, no, because uh 
I, I, she, I think she said, she just says, no, Gardner has nothing to do with it. And this is why I started watching the beginning of the no. next episode. Cause I'm like, when does Jack find out? It, it doesn't even happen on camera. No, no, no. What I'm trying to say is the exchange is the daughter for the evidence that Henderson wants. Yeah. So Henderson doesn't get the evidence because oh, he yeah, hands yeah, over right. the daughter and then the shootout happens. Yeah. So like Henderson. And then Evelyn and her daughter just stand there right in the middle, in the wide open. Don't even try to go for cover. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is he's twisted. I'm trying to work out what happened. And I get it now. So Henderson's on the phone. He didn't expect Jane, Jack and Wayne to show up. And then he says that I will handle it. And then says, I will, won't let you down to which then we zoom out. It's, it's Logan. See that you don't now. Yeah. Uh, look, there's again, two ways of analyzing this. The watching this live jaw drop. You are absolutely blown away. And I'm telling you now, this is why I'm buying this episode because you, you can't take away from the significance of this moment. This was a big deal. This was huge. This was like water cooler talk the next day. Like it made news. It like it, like this is how big of a deal this was. And this is why this season just became even more iconic. And this is where you talk about this season being so good because we've already had so many good things about this season and they still managed to do stuff like this. Like if you compare this to season one, this is the season that comes out on top with these like, Oh my God moments. Right. Whereas season mm. one is kind of not really, it's, it's more of a build towards like those last couple of episodes. So like you can't take away from that. And that Logan's evil, like the president of the United States is evil. Like what the holy fuck balls did you do? 24. Like it's insane. But again, on a rewatch, it doesn't hold up. And this is where I will have a problem in the coming weeks with the President Logan character because he just turns into something that he wasn't all of a sudden. It's like Gregory Itzen got the memo, evil, okay, I'm going to play it a certain way. And again, I'm not faulting Gregory Itzen. Like, he's a great actor and he does what he can with it. But it's just they ham it up a little bit. Anyway, the point is it's a great twist on the first time around. Second, third, it's probably like, I don't know, the eighth or ninth time I've ever seen this. It doesn't hold up as well. But I will say with all the criticisms that I'm labeling at it, genius. Absolutely mm. genius. That that the writers of this episode, that the creators, the producers, everybody involved in the production of 24 had the balls to do this. Because I can't imagine that they're sitting around a writer's room and going, President, what about him? He's evil. And they're just going, yeah, okay, we'll write that in. There would have been like an hour or two or an eight-hour meeting. They would have probably been on the phone to Fox. Probably 16 weeks. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, Rupert Murdoch's like, they're going to the big, like, can we do this? Like, is this a thing? Like, I mean, who was president? Bush was president then, so everybody thought he was evil anyway. So this was like, you know, fine. It was, that's why they could get away with it. Not in Obama's term, you're not doing this. You know, everyone loved him. So it's, yeah, it's, it's criticisms aside, Genius 24, I, I applaud you for having the balls to do this. And it's not your fault that this doesn't hold up 17 years later. Because again, you don't do it for a show to hold up. You do it for the time and yeah. applaud it. You get at the time and you succeeded because fuck me drunk. I was blown away by this twist. I think everybody who watched this live at the time was blown away. And I applaud everybody involved in this decision, despite it not holding up. Um, before I get to the Logan twist, uh, why did Jack say that, uh, well, I know why Jack says Wayne never saw combat, but why did Wayne not say, 
I just took out like three guys who tried to kill me. That's why I had this machine gun when I came up to the compound. Because <laughs> right. uh, he actually literally has killed somebody earlier than this. It just didn't happen on camera. But we still are questioning where did that gun come from? Um, but uh, yeah, the other thing here, like the, the way that they, there's only one part in this episode where it feels like you're making it too obvious that it's not Gardner. Because everybody does this more so when you're watching movies and TV shows. You're trying to pick apart, oh, who who's the killer in this movie? You know, a Scream movie or whatever. Uh, you try to pick it apart. like You're almost overanalyzing. And they know in how they make it that you're going to be overanalyzing. So they'll throw those things at you. But it's the one moment where Audrey's pulled Chloe aside. She's gotten her rehired just as a personal secretary. They're in the private room. And then Jack's on the line and Chloe's like, Jack, I can't believe that the vice president is evil. Yeah, like, well, I think she said it's behind all. Terrible, us. yeah. But at the same time, if it was any other character reading that line, it would have been so much worse. Mm. It being Chloe, you're like True. Chloe probably does talk like this. True. But again, it is like it's like no. Now you want once if you you saying that pretty much convinces you it's not going to be him. Whereas yeah. everything else up until now was done, especially the scene between Gardner and Logan. Like I think that the one with Wade and Gardner was better, but even this one. I still kind of have that feeling watching it where I'm like, I can see this from the first time point of view where you're looking at Gardner as evil. And now it actually just takes on a different context when you watch it the second time around or the third or the fourth time around. And you're like, I know Logan's evil, but it actually still plays both ways. Right. Uh, it, especially because the way that Logan responds to him there is like, why was Wayne Palmer here? And, and then you're looking at the way, way Gardner is like, why is Gardner asking him? You know, you're like, oh, is Gardner asking him because he's evil? I need to know. Was Wayne Palmer coming to see you? Oh, well, you know, he was very close with Aaron. Uh, and then you see it from the Logan side. Like, it, it's it's really good the way that that holds up. Um, the ending is still effective. Um, so much so that um, I, at the time that this season was airing, uh, my brother and I were actually living with my sister and her family. And uh, my brother and I had gotten into the show all the way since back in season one. But like my sister and her husband, they got into it during season four. Uh, now, we never watched the show together, despite the fact we were living together because we all had like different schedules and everything and wouldn't always watch a day of. But uh, I vaguely remembered this entire season that there was an episode where it's like, oh, we were all watching like at the same time, like in the same room. And when I started clicking through to next week's episode, I had these flashbacks where I'm like, OK, this was the episode we were all watching. And, and I can't remember specifically that this was the reason why, but I can only guess that because of how big the twist was with Logan, that that it was probably like, we were all, can you believe what happened on 24? Like, can you believe Logan's the villain? And then the next week it was like, we got to watch this. We all got to watch it live. So, I mean, the next week I know we were watching it live and we were all watching it like at the exact same time. Like we have to see this episode now. Uh, so without me specifically remembering that that was the reason, I can only guess that that is the reason why next week it was like suddenly a watch party. We have to watch 24. We can't miss a second. Nobody can spoil this for the other person. Well, I think that's where this season, you know, I think that shine this season has. I mean, we've obviously already gone over big moments, but like, let's be honest. What do you remember from this season? You remember, oh, Palmer gets killed and shot that first episode. There's sort of those middle episodes that were gone over. And then the president is evil and everything that came from the end. And as I keep saying over and over again, 
that I think that, you know, we're going to really establish the, the final weeks of, you know, whether this holds up or anything along those lines. But yeah. We don't, we don't remember Miles sexually harassing Sherry. <laughs> not at all. That's um, not as strong. <laughs> I thought you I thought you were going to talk about Milo returning next season. Um, get excited. <laughs> we're what, like eight episodes away from that or whatever it is. But, that um, might be the most memorable thing next season. <laughs> Oh, do you even remember what happens with Milo in that season? So unmemorable is that oh. season that something major happens with him, and I don't think anybody remembers it. Uh, but yeah, I certainly don't. No, like this, this as I said before, it was like the talking point, water cooler conversation, and just everybody wanted to tune in. And yeah, I think for the most part, it sticks to landing. But again, as I keep repeating myself, repeating myself, repeating myself, does it hold up on multiple viewing? I should have mentioned top five moment. I've marked it down as a. Uh, potential top five moment uh just sort of that zoom out in the phone call which as 24 wiki points out very reminiscent of nina's reveal mm-hmm. even actually happens in the same hour 10 p.m to 11 p.m that's but crazy i uh, is it as effective i mean it's big deal don't get me wrong the president is evil but i would argue that nina's reveal is bigger more surprising and it's a penultimate episode i I don't know i'm I'm very biased obviously to season one but i just think that like as you kind of alluded to if you kind of you know i guess read between the lines in this episode it is kind of maybe obvious that he is evil whereas with nina that literally comes out of nowhere like that just even on a rewatch the nina thing still is like wow like they really caught you off guard yeah exactly and because that's what like she's speaking serbian or whatever the language Mm -hmm. is and then it's sort of like then it's just the way that reveals and then then you see her just like kind of walk back out and give tony a file whereas here it's just like logan's in his office still twirling his mustache like (laughs) i'm evil (laughs) which is literally how he's going to play this character in the coming weeks um other than that the trivia NASCAR driver Carl Edwards appears in this episode. <laughs> Get out. Um, next you'll be telling me he's from Niger. Um, and yeah, as you said, the subplot, uh, the Jack Wayne one was meant to be Tony originally, which I still kind of think would be nice. But again, DB, DB in action. Why not? Uh, never say no to a bit of DB action. Um, I'm intrigued to hear what you're going to do with this episode because I kind of feel you're leaning down a path that I maybe wasn't expecting. I, I gave away that I'm buying this. I, I just, that twist alone, yeah, okay, it doesn't hold up. Shut up, Ben. Stop saying that. But it is so iconic and at the time was such a big fucking deal. And I guarantee you, if you talk to a casual fan of 24 who watched this back in the day and have never thought about it again and were like, what do you remember about 24? What's one of the things they're going to turn around and say, oh, the president was evil, right? Like that was the thing. And I think that alone kind of elevates. If you took the ending out of this episode, it would be a maybe a low rent. It's not a bin. Like I don't think it's terrible. Um, but yeah, to me, it, it gets elevated to a buy for the iconic nature of that closing scene. I'm the closing scene is less than 10 seconds. So I can't in good you conscience. You do a lot in 10 because- seconds, Colin. Um, some some of us can not, <laughs> not me um, but uh it, it's 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 almost the beginning of the next episode uh and i think all my problems with this episode are centered on things like the evelyn storyline which gets better um but i i i was i was caught off guard as to how bad 
some of the stuff in this episode was considering how good everything from here will be. So, I mean, I, I can't buy this episode. I'm, I'm going to rent it. Ooh, okay. um, I, thought you, I thought you were going a different direction there. So that's all right. No, I definitely can't bin this episode. I mean, there's because there's still good stuff, but it's just it's it's not the best episode of the season. In fact, I I'm curious to see if this might be my lowest of the season so far. You did you you know you haven't binned an episode? I no no you have. So this will be my lowest of the season. Well, there you go. Where, where how low is it, Colin? Tell me, I'm intrigued. I've got this as 77 overall. Wow. Okay. I have it at 68. My next. Yeah, well, so we're actually not that far off. I mean, my my next lowest is episode nine, which was at sixty nine. Uh-huh. So it's it's. <laughs> Figured you'd appreciate that. Uh, I mean, it's not that far, not that far off. But I mean, it's still like this is this is in any other season still. Oh, that's a decent midway episode. But, I mean, this is season five. It's well, the weakest of the season. Well, I will say on my overall rankings, this is one of these ones that, um, you know, unlike some of these other ones where I say like, oh, this is like 20, that ends up at like 30. This one actually drops quite significantly. So this actually will end up at 106, basically very much on the halfway point. The halfway point is 109. So um, this is kind of a very middle episode, <laughs> despite the fact that it's that episode where President Logan is evil. So... There you go. Um, I haven't gotten to watching next week yet, but I can see here that I have rented it. So um, clearly, I think next week isn't as good as this week. Is this the bank episode next week where they go to the bank and they like I, Palmer robs a bank? I see. I didn't get that far into it. it. I know that they, they have to check into the hotel first. Mm. <laughs> and I guess it's the bank after that. Yeah. So uh, next week, Wayne Palmer and Jack Bauer rob a bank. Uh, so, uh, kind of, I guess. They kidnap a bank manager to rob a bank. Does that make it any better it's, or worse? Uh, it makes it better than a convenience store. It, it does. It does. Uh, but again, future president of the United States of America involved in a midnight bank robbery, everyone, and just after committing murder. <laughs> so, uh, standard practice for future pre- Joe Biden, that guy, like, just don't look into his past. Um, we will be back then next week for that episode. In the meantime, Bad Movie Month continues this week. Colin's going to get uncomfortable because we're doing Showgirls as we Uh-oh. got told off by a, a former Oslet colleague of this show. Showgirls isn't a bad movie. You're watching it wrong. And I'm like, I'm not watching it wrong. <laughs> Colin's just watching it. Um, so I think for any male, Showgirls is a good movie. <laughs> um, for anybody with film sense, we'll soon find out with that i i'm 45 minutes into the movie right now and i'm sorry it is not a good movie (laughs) (laughs) i'm not quite there yet uh but we'll we'll see how we go and uh we might have some other reviews floating around barbenheimer that's done one and whatever blue beetle gran turismo uh what we seeing with casper again ninja turtles ninja turtles cool um do all that sort of stuff and keep on keeping on because that's what we do uh i don't actually have another closing line so i'm just gonna go with my name is ben and i promise you i'm going to get your daughter (laughs) and my name is colin and i was a marine thanks for downloading this episode of the oz network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider 
And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs) 